Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. Hi, Temple listeners. I'm back. Uh, Before I get into what I'm going to talk about today, um, I'd just like to take a moment and call on the goddess god great spirit uh, into our sacred listening space and uh, I hope that you'll join me with that so take a deep breath I call to the great spirit I call to the two who move as one through the three rays of love will and wisdom I call upon the goddess maiden mother crone past, present, and future, creator, sustainer, and destroyer, weaver of the web. I call to the God, Lord of light and Lord of darkness, God of the green and the gold, God of the horn and the red, singer of the song. Be with us now and forever, so mote it be. Well, welcome, listeners. Uh, Today, it's just me in the, you know, Voices of the Temple Uh, podcast. So um, there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today. And the first thing I wanted to talk about is Happy Ostara. Yay, we made it to springtime. Woohoo! I don't know about you, but this last part of winter has been quite snowy, frosty, and uh, not as springy as you would like it to be, I'm sure. Um, At least here in New England, that's the way it has manifested. Um, So this year, we have some amazing things going on in the temple for Ostara. Um, The first thing is uh, we are incorporating crystal energies into our Sabbaths by charging um, different crystals at each Sabbath here in New Hampshire. Um, And I'm also making a crystal essence out of each one of them. Now, I sort of did this because, one, we were going to be in Tucson, Arizona, shopping for a store, and I wanted to incorporate crystal energies because I was, you know, going crystal mad there. Um, But uh, so what we're going to do here at the New Hampshire Temple is we're going to use the crystals that I bought Um, that are aligned with each of the Sabbaths. Each one is a little more hard to find, um, especially the one that is going to be for Hakate's Feast. Um, I've only seen it where I saw it, and uh, I've never seen it before. So um, this month is Amazonite. So Amazonite is about truth. Um, It is about letting your truth come out, Um, but not in a harsh way. It's more of a joyful, lighthearted way. Um, Amazonite connects you to the heart chakra and to the throat chakra. Um, It's a really good thymus healer. Um, It is one of those that brings that heartfelt communication um, and can also bring back joy and put us in harmony with our truth. Um, 
truth is not always a, a happy thing, um, has, is usually, you know, depicted as that sword of truth, um, which, you know, cuts both ways. So with Amazonite, it's that joyful truth of this is true and I can be renewed by it. It's also a good stone for making starts and uh, new, new beginnings uh, for you um, if it is a heartfelt truth. So what I'm talking about is how if something is really true for you and you haven't really started it yet uh, and you're, you're realizing that this is going to be true for you, you can start with this energy of Amazonite. Now, I have packaged all the crystals, I've marked all the crystals and I've done all of the crystal essences that I, you know, think will probably sell in the store. Um, but uh, they won't be on sale until after the temple Sabbath because they're going to be charged there. And I'm actually, uh, they are going to be sale, for sale at the temple Sabbath, but I'm also putting them up online um, until they run out. So uh, I'm hoping that that will be able to connect our distant members um, which is kind of our goal this year is to connect and reconnect with our distant members and in their work. Um, because, you know, the temple is not just this physical space. The temple is all of you. Um, sorry, I got teary when I said that. Ooh. Anyway, um, so we're all connecting to these crystal energies. Now, this Ostara is a special one um, in and not in the happiest of ways. Um, the three founders will not be at the New Hampshire um, Sabbath because we will actually be at uh, a funeral for a very dear friend, um, Raven Gramasi. Um, Raven Gramasi was a very good mentor and friend to all of us. Um, here at the temple and the three founders in particular, we, we spent a lot of good times with each other. Um, and I know that it's hit our community quite hard to have him have passed. Um, at least it's hit me pretty hard. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about um, a practice that we do in the temple when we are grieving, okay? Um, and that practice is called the ancestral shrine. Now, you may already have got your ancestors and all that ready and all that, which is great. Um, but this practice I found to be very helpful in some of my own losses in my life, um, particularly my grandmother's passing. Uh, she didn't want a funeral <laughs> uh, because she didn't believe that it mattered and that, uh, you know, she was like, yeah, well, you know, she thought she would be dead, so she wouldn't care. Um, so uh, instead of having the, you know, ritual that's supposed to help those who are grieving, uh, we did nothing. Um, so for myself, I made sure that I 
went and did the practice that I'm going to talk about now. And I found it very healing. Um, as I was working on it, I felt like I could release all the things I wanted to say to my grandmother that I couldn't say. Or um, be able to pray for her and for her enlightenment, um, which was very healing. So um, I don't know if you would want to. Um, you can if you want. Um, for Raven or for, for your own loved ones. Now, the practice that I'm talking about is setting up a, an ancestor shrine. Now, you can, I have done this where I've set up one that is just particular to that person for the time that I'm going to be in, in mourning, basically. Um, now, I know we have um, for the Scorpio ministry, on the website, there is um, an ancestral shrine like uh, where they've written it out. They've written out all the things that you'll need for it. So if you want to reference that, you can. Please do. Um, but for my own practice, I have done um, those simple things of, you know, I get out a white cloth, a table to put it on, a place where it's not going to get disturbed and you're not going to get disturbed as you're working with it. You know, a place where you maybe your cats aren't <laughs> coming through and tipping over glasses and things like that. Um, or just your the people that you live with, right? Now, I set a white cloth over that. Um, white is traditional to this practice. Um, but if you have a feeling of you want a certain other color, please do that. Um, don't feel like this is so traditional that you have to have to do it this way. Um, I kind of hate that. Uh, I also think that you should tailor your practice to you and to the person that you're honoring. Um, if you have a beautiful crocheted tablecloth or whatever that they made, you put that over that. Um, so it's really personal, okay? Um, you'll need a vessel to contain clear water. Um, Clear water is a traditional offering to the dead. Uh, it's all about sort of parching their throats and giving them the waters of life um, that they're you know, not experiencing now. Sorry, dark humor. Um, you also need a light source. So this could be a white candle that you're going to burn for the time that you're doing your morning practice. Um, or... If you want, you can use an electric one. It doesn't matter. Just as long as it's a source of light. Um, this light gives them energy and strength beyond the veil so that they can go on their journey. You'll also need a white stone. Now, it doesn't have to be a big stone or whatever. It could be from your backyard. It could be from the beach. It could be from um, a stone you found on your walk. Whatever. Um, but it should be a smoother Stone, usually, um, but I've seen ones that are not so smooth, um, which is all okay. I also, you know, as adjunct to this process, I like to actually mark this stone with their name um, using Sharpies and all that fun stuff. And you can also incorporate a picture of your loved one. Now, um, this picture of your loved one should be one where it's just them alone or them with uh, another dead person, because um, we're making this shrine to the dead, not to uh, living people. 
Okay. Um, so it should be a picture of them that they're standing alone, that they're, you know, looking their best, whatever. Um, now, traditionally, this practice is done for three to nine days. Um, basically, you refresh the water, you light the source, you give prayer, um, or just have a discussion or a talk with the person who has passed. Um, and you're able to connect with them during this. Now, you can do it for longer than that. Um, I've seen people do uh, morning practices for a year, especially if it's someone who's really close to you. Um, for my grandmother, I did a month um, of talking to her, refreshing her water, putting flowers on this altar. Um, there are also some other offerings that you can do if you want to get like real fancy into it. You can burn incense, you can put flowers like I just said, you can do high energy foods like coffee, tea, um, things filled with sugar, um, all of that stuff. Uh, the dead love those things. Um, now, this is an offering to help them in their passing and in their journey into the next world. Um, and it's also a good thing of being able to show your love for your, for your family. Um, now, as, as I said, it's traditionally done from three to nine days, uh, but you can do it longer. Um, I've had people who are in the mourning process that, or the grief process, and they're not ready to let go yet. And sometimes they will take up to a year um, to be able to release that. And, and that's okay. Uh, I feel like we need to hold ourselves um, and gives our, give ourselves the sacred space to be able to let go. Um, and also to let that person go on their journey. And when you're done with this practice, Now's the time where you could incorporate these objects into your own ancestral altar. Um, now, if you don't have an ancestral altar, this is a great start. Um, so uh, basically what you do is I move the picture to our ancestral altar that I maintain um, with my partners. Um, and I'll also take the stone uh, from, from that altar and add it to a jar that we have of all the stones of the people who have passed. Um, I try to, you know, have a name written on there because it can be a touchstone for you to be able to reconnect with that person at any time, um, to ask for their aid or to get help. So then, you know, you start off doing the offerings to them just like you would to the normal ancestors. Now, this can be an intense time, and I want you to hold yourself in gentleness because <sighs> grief is a hard process, and it is a process um, filled with anger, sadness, um, and all sorts of emotions. And holding yourself in that space of being able to do this ritual practice can sometimes help you get out the feelings that you need to get out. And 
help you do the grieving not faster, but better to really heal both yourself and those who've passed. Now, as I said, uh, the three of us, uh, the founders, will be at Raven's funeral. Usually during Ostara, we three founders switch the rays that we hold um, for the entire year. This means that we switch off uh, being the first ray, red ray, um, which is what I'm in right now, and I'll be switching to the blue ray, uh, which is all about love and connection um, and compassion. And then Steve uh, will be switching to yellow. So uh, we'll be in our what we call primal rays or our natural rays next year. Um, Christopher will be the red ray, I will be the blue ray, and Steve will be the yellow ray. And because we usually switch at Ostara to make it a astrological year um, with that ray, uh, we are going to do our own personal ritual here at the temple to switch rays instead of doing the ray switching at our Ostara event in New Hampshire. In a future podcast with the other founders, I'd like to get into what practices that we do to align ourselves with those rays, to hold those rays, and also the service aspect of it for the community to give back and spread those rays into the world. Now, another practice I want to talk about that is happening in the temple is our full moons. So the full moons here at the temple, we're focusing in on spell work this year. Uh, We thought it might be fun and exciting for people to get together and be able to do spell work. And we are doing all different types of spells this year. Um, This month, I believe even tonight, uh, we are going to do um, sigil work. Now, I won't be there because I am teaching class and I thought it was going to be on Thursday, but whatever. Um, But I am teaching my witchcraft too in Bellingham, so I won't be there. But Matuka will be there running the the show. Uh, And there's also a aspect of these moon circles that uh, we in the Pisces ministry wanted to share with all of you. Um, So I've been writing blogs, um, creating a spell uh, that people can do with us during the moon circle or whenever they can get to it, really. Um, And I kind of wanted it to be kind of like a rolling thunder of witchcraft, uh, which is not my own term. Um, A rolling thunder is actually, uh, I believe, brought forth by Azik Banowitz, um, where a spell is shared between community and everyone does the spell at around the same time, releasing it into the universe. Um, all of our wills working as one, I guess. Uh, usually it's done for healing work and uh, anything that uh, will better the world. Now, the spells that I've created are all spells for a better world. Our first one in January 
was, oh, actually, maybe in February, uh, was one for inspiration of, for solving world problems. And our second one was about spreading blessings to the land and to the people that we love through a gratitude powder that can be spread anywhere. And our third spell for tonight is one that is to bring about beneficial government. So I created a sigil um, for this spell because we're doing sigils. And I shared it on the temple page, on the temple uh, initiates list, on Facebook, and everywhere. Uh, So I hope you got it. And if you want to, you can totally incorporate the spell uh, into your work. Um, And I hope that you will. I feel like one of the ways that we talked about this when we were having our Pisces meeting uh, was that we wanted something that we witches could turn our will towards creating a better world and not, you know, in the way of always focusing on, you know, we've got to hex this guy because he's not doing blah, 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 blah. Um, instead of focusing on the, the things we want to banish, maybe we should focus on what we want to create. And I know I want to create a better government for, for everyone. Um, and I want to create grateful blessings out in the world. And I want to create inspired solutions to world problems. So I wanted to us to be able to add our power, add our magic to blessing and creating a world where we really love living in. And I hope you want to join me in that. Now, uh, to sort of circle back to um, a little bit about Raven's passing, um, Raven was a mentor Uh, to Christopher and to us, uh, the founders, and was a beloved person in our temple. Um, Now, he wasn't a temple member. um, Maybe he's a general member. I don't know. I don't think he ever got consecrated. Um, But he is an inspiration in his work to us. And I, I myself miss him terribly and it's uh, a hard thing uh, when we lose someone so beloved in our community. Now, Raven uh, and Stephanie, uh, Stephanie's asked that um, if you wanted to honor Raven, you could actually do a donation to the temple, which um, is very moving to us, and we're very grateful that she wanted to do that instead of having other things there. Um, instead of, you know, sending flowers, people are giving donations to the temple. To do a donation to the temple, go to the temple website, templeofwitchcraft.org, go to the About section, move your cursor down to Donate, and it will open up a page where you can do your donation. Now, that's pretty much all I wanted to say for this episode of Voices of the Temple. I hope that you're thankful that it's back. 
Um, and I'm going to try to do more of that. Uh, podcasting, that is. <laughs> we uh, at the Temple have been really focused on trying to incorporate our distant members this year um, and try to uh, weave those connections. And I know that a lot of you have emailed Christopher about how much you, you know, loved Voices of the Temple and wanted back and wanted more and all of that. So I'm trying to do that. Uh, <laughs> I've been pretty busy, you know, setting up a hypnosis practice uh, and running cup parts of Copper Cauldron and uh, doing my own temple work and also uh, helping out my brother by nannying his kids. So uh, I'm pretty busy, um, but I'm going to try and get more of this out. And I know there is no, there is no try, there's only do or do not, but I'm going to do it, I guess. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, and I hope that you enjoyed this Voices of the Temple. Now, we thank the Great Spirit and the two who move as one. We thank the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. We thank the God and the Goddess who move through us and work with us. May we recognize your presence in our lives. Blessed be. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. You've been listening to Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2010 of the Temple of Witchcraft. For more information, please visit templeofwitchcraft.org.